One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And I wonder, is this the first podcast we've done when we are all at remote locations away from home? Ooh, it maybe. may well be, actually. It may well be. Well, I am in a central London location. I don't want to say where, just, you know, paparazzi and all that. Just need to... <laughs> yeah, but they can't scale massive, like, 20-storey buildings to, to, to your penthouse, so can they, too? <laughs> Helicopters, I guess. Exactly. Uh, where are you, Phil? Uh, I'm in... Beth Gellert or Bed Gellert in North Wales. Lovely. Oh, is Beth Gellert named Beth Gellert because of a dog? It is. Yeah, it's um, quite a, quite an interesting story. So Gellert Gellert's grave. So Bed Gellert is um, grave of Gellert. The dog was called Gellert. Gellert's grave is just outside the centre of the the village, and it's a bit like a uh, Lady in the Tramp story, where I think it's Prince Llewellyn. This is this is medieval Wales. Um, Came home. So what? A couple of years back, yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> like five years ago. Um, came home to find uh, his baby and his dog Gellert covered in blood, um, and he immediately took Gellert outside and killed Gellert. Went back inside um, and found that the baby was actually fine, but there was a dead wolf in the baby's room. And so Gellert had slain a wolf and been killed by Prince Llewellyn as a consequence. There wow. You go. That's, yeah. a great, that's a cool story. And JB, where are you? That's a great question. I don't even know. Um, my brother's fiance works for a large sort of hospitality company and they've bought some lodges in, in a Yorkshire golf club somewhere. Um, yeah, so I'm just here. I don't know what it's called. Um, Darwin Escapes is what's on the menu. So that's where, where I am. Great. Yeah. Lovely job. Very nice job. Beautiful view. Well, I'm, I'm glad we're doing the podcast now. and We didn't just put it all into Sunday because we've had news today. Uh, so what do you make of the sighting panel? Uh, finding there was something to be sighted but something that no one knew anything about during the game and nothing else. Carl Sinclair, an alleged bite on the arm of Franco Moster and the sighting panel deemed that there was nothing else to investigate. <laughs> Rugby can't win, can it? You know, when we have all the sightings, people whinge. When we have no sightings, people whinge. Um, I'm not really bothered. I didn't see any bites, though. I mean, biting is serious. That is the sort of thing that should be cited. Yeah, it definitely should be cited. I mean, we did... There was accusations of another bite, not this one, which was hog on Willie LaRue. Um, but 
This one, from the angles that I've seen, it's, it's definitely unclear. Now, I do know the sighting um, officer has more angles available to him than we have because of TV rights, TV image rights, but it's not the one I was expecting. I was, I mean, I, because, so a, a sighting can happen for anything that is deemed a red card offence that was not given as a red card in the game. And there could have been, I don't know, two or three of those um, coming out. Not not this one from the ones that I was expecting. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, can I just stop the biting a second? As simpler than this before, it seems to ring a bell. I, I don't know if he's done this before. He's certainly lost his head a few times before, hasn't he? But actually, that's one thing. Well, we'll wait and see what the sighting panel find and if Carl Sinclair pleads guilty or not guilty to it. Um, I what just by the way, I gather what happened is during the game. So Franco Mostert kind of grabs Carl Sinclair around the head at the bottom of a ruck tackle scenario, and Franco Mostert went over to Ben O'Keefe, the ref, and said, "Look at my arm. Apparently, there may have been bite marks. I don't know. There may may not have been." And the referee at the time said, "Sorry, I didn't see it. I can't look into that now." And so I think it might have gone in the referee's report and that's why it's been cited. Ah, I see. Okay. Um, now, here's, an, here's another question for you. Is it ever okay to bite? How say you, Tim Cocker? Uh, in self-defence, absolutely. I'm, I'm, are you talking on a rugby field or generally? <laughs> on a rugby field. <laughs> on a rugby field. If, if, in general. <laughs> if someone was, if, if I was, uh, if I was, or if she really wants me, no. Uh, if, um, <laughs> if, if someone was pinning me and gouging me, I like do anything. You can grab bollocks. Yeah. Uh, you can bite, you do whatever you want. Yeah. And also, I think if fingers get in your mouth somehow, Mm, you kind of know, don't you, if someone's up to no good, fish hooking or whatnot. I think you're okay to bite. Other than that, it's absolutely unacceptable. 100%. Yeah, I, I would agree. Fish hooking or gouging um, seems the only time. Even if someone's got you in a headlock or like biting, seems a bit too far. Unless they're about to choke you out. Yeah, yeah. possibly well, in that scenario as well. Yeah. You you know you know the scenarios. It would have to be something pretty extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, JT, I don't think, I've just done a very quick Google, I don't think Sinclair's had a, a biting incident previously. Obviously, we know he has had um, a bit of a, a short fuse at times in the past, but I don't think he's ever had any biting allegations. Yeah, yeah it'd be one to watch. We'll, we'll, we'll let the sighting panel do what they do. I guess it might come down to um, what evidence there might have been at the time, because I can't imagine they're going to be able to prove or disprove it from the camera footage. So it might come down to the evidence at the time and the evidence from the two players. So we'll see what, what Carl Sinclair says. I think you're right, Phil, to point out there could have been several. Marowitoji, in South Africa, they were getting very hot under the collar about him kneeing on Franco Mostert. Um, there was Cheslin Colby on two occasions, Fafta Clerk and Mako Vinopola all could, yeah, have had yeah. a, all could have had something to answer for as well. Yeah. Now, now, I'd be interested to know, Phil. Uh, well, I do know because I spoke to you at length about it over and over again, probably repeated times uh, in the wedding. But however, what was your view on the game on uh, on Saturday? And what is your view in general on the heat in the build-up? So the, the heat, it, two, two separate things. The heat in the build-up 
and then the game. So um, the, Razzie, Razzie Erasmus is 62 minute long uh, monologue diatribe, whatever you want to call it, was absolutely astonishing. Like, like unbelievable. Like, I could not believe what I was watching when I was going through that. The way he, the detail he went to, um, to effectively um, question the integrity. He, he did repeatedly question the integrity of um, Nick Berry um, during the first test, and he was, he was quite clever, quite careful not to not to purport the reasons why Nick Berry's um, might not have been impartial. Um, but he just repeatedly questioned his integrity for such a sustained period of time over some so, some others, which were just like um, it was just um, totally hypocritical to point some things out and ignore lots and lots of other things. Um, so yeah, that was uh, absolutely astonishing. And to do so, he says he's so he's what he is obviously in the role of um, director of rugby for South Africa. Um, he's wearing his South Africa, I think it was a shirt and hat, wasn't it? A, a t-shirt, polo Tracksuit, top, hat, mug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, said, he said explicitly at the start of the video that he's, not, he's doing it in a personal capacity and not on behalf of uh, South Africa rugby. Um, however, uh, Jacques Nienaber, um said in his pre-match interview the the coaches the South African coaches and Razi Erasmus discussed that what they were going to do before he did it and agreed that that was the right um, way of doing things, which is uh, just a crazy thing to think that 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 would be the right thing to do. Um, and obviously that is on top of him having the uh, the Yako Johan or whatever it was what was his burner account was called feeding um, clips to Razi to retweet for two, consecu- two consecutive weeks after the um, Springbok A game and the main game. The whole thing was just ludicrous. But it led to, um, I, I actually think it probably benefited South Africa, at least to some degree, it led to a big South Africa victory. So it's one of those where if South Africa lose that game, he looks completely crazy, completely, totally out of touch, like he's lost the plot. South Africa win that game, and the the story moves from Razi's outburst onto the South Africa performance and how they shut they totally shut down the Lions. And I think there were some, I think there were some poor refereeing decisions that we'll come on to with the Cheson Colby one because uh, Cheson Colby two actually because I think they were probably the worst ones on the day. Um, and South Africa got the rub of the green on a few other occasions, but I think. Overall, South Africa were by far the better team, and they just totally shut down the Lions from playing, stopped them from doing well anything at all. I mean, you you will have seen the 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 stat that Dan Bigger passed three, passed the ball three times during the game, and uh, yeah, three what a waste of amazing. what a waste of three opportunities to kick possession away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the, credit has to go to South Africa for the way they did it, but. Um, the Lions must be, should be kicking themselves because they just played in South Africa's hands. They kicked every, all their possession away. They allowed the game to be slowed down so that South Africa could um, continue to, for it to be an arm wrestle and a, and a power game for their forwards instead of speeding everything up. It, it, was, it was brilliant from South Africa, but dull from the Lions. 
Mm. Some some of the other stats. So so since Opta began recording data, that was the Lions had the lowest average meters per carry ever in a test match. Wow. 1.24 meters per carry. Yeah, and it looked like it as well. Yeah. They they only carried for they carried for in that test match half as much as the next lowest Lions uh, match in the last sort of four tours. Astounding. Wow. Absolutely astounding. Yeah. The, the Lions played into South Africa's hands in, in a huge, huge degree. With, with and you, You've just mentioned it there to the, the kicking. The, the Dan Bigger had multiple times where there was um, good, uh, good front football attacking platform with um, world-class backs outside him. And just he put multiple bombs up and a couple of um, crossfield kicks that the South African back three handled relatively easily. Conversely, when the South Africa were kicking on Hogg, Watson, and Duan, again we did not. The Lions did not look comfortable, confident, or assured under the high ball. Yeah, yeah, and I think those um, weaknesses have been magnified. Like just a, just a couple of days out, when you have time to reflect on it and look at the game again. Uh, because obviously, when I watched the first time, I was a little bit uh, hazy with drink, and then I was a bit hungover. And I've seen it subsequent, and I completely agree with all of that. It's. Well, I, do you not think that that there is a danger? Just as I, I think we were quite good at this last week at saying, "Hold on, the Lions were had a really good second half, but South Africa, a couple of things tweaked ever so slightly, and South Africa win that game." And Absolutely. I'm not. It was a beatdown in the second half. Don't get me wrong, but. It was it was all things compounding on each other. The, the penalty count South Africa got on the better side of because their defence was so oppressive because they put so much pressure on the line out and the scrum and the exact reverse of what happened last week. So I don't think you need to, and this is what I think a lot of people are doing since the game is throwing the baby out with the bathwater and saying um, it needs a total revolution. You need F- uh, Finn Russell in at 10 and Marcus Smith, get them all in. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and I don't think it's quite as drastic as that. I do, however, think on reflection, the Lions got lucky in week one and faced a South African team that got caught a bit cold. And actually, South Africa are only going to get better. And if you try and do what the Lions have been trying to do, they're going to they're get battered. But the Lions will get better too. Lions are usually very good by the third test. It's the first two tests that they usually come in a bit, you know, mm. not quite where they should be. Yeah, I suppose yeah. so. They battered Australia, didn't they? And then they got the draw against New Zealand. Yeah. Did they get a draw in the last game? Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it was drawing the last game, wasn't it? Thanks to Roman Poit. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I think, you again, you're absolutely right, Tim. Uh, the first test was all about tiny margins. I think this one was about tiny margins, but all the tiny margins went to South Africa. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I, I was... so. I was trying to think of an analogy for where the Lions went wrong because one thing we have seen the South Africa is it is the South Africans they're a very big team and their their conditioning right now is probably not where it needs to be and which is one of the reasons why we saw um, them trying to slow it down and the Lions playing into their hands and one of the reasons why we saw the sixty odd minute first half um, and it was the analogy I was trying to uh, think about was it. <laughs> Imagine a 100-metre runner and an 800-metre runner. 
They've both got to run 800 metres. Who wins that race? It's the 800 metre runner. But if if the 800 metre runner allows the 100 metre runner to sprint 100 metres, then have a five minute rest, then sprint another 100 metres, so you stop the clock every 100 metres, the 100 metre runner is going to absolutely destroy the 800 metre runner over that that distance. And that was exactly what the Lions allowed South Africa to do by just yeah. continuing. Part of it was the referee and the, the referees um, overanalyzing any decision against South Africa um, allowed it to be slower. And South Africa were very cute and clever about slowing things down, but the Lions just played into their hands by by kicking away possession and just allowing the South Africa to calmly control the game and c- control the clock. It was crazy. Yeah, the, the clock control is, is is one thing. I tell you, I tell you yes, yes, just to Tim, I think one area that South Africa didn't get the rub of the green was the actual physicality and the intimidation game on, on the Lions. I was very impressed by the way that they stood up to everything. Yeah, and you, you actually saw, um, when I was watching it again, the first um, time there were some handbags, uh, which, I, which I quite enjoyed the in the stadium. I don't know if you noticed it, they were playing a um... boxing bell. Yeah, yeah, a boxing bell. Yeah, um, every Love time it. there was handbags. Um, on, which... We're not meant to celebrate this sort of behaviour. Are we meant to be appalled? <laughs> well, that would have been awesome if it was a full stadium. It would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, but the the very first incident. So um, two minutes into the game, Macrovanapola line on the wrong side, penalty to South Africa on the halfway line. They kick for the corner, and it's a rolling mall that. Um, it's actually called a, a breakaway mall and a tackle that goes down, so it's a scrum. And Mapimpi comes in from, from the left wing and do, he doesn't really do anything as far as I can see. And Alan Wynne Jones just comes up and like starts pushing and shoving to signal that obviously you can't come in to a rook when you're on the wing, but also to signal exactly JB as you're just saying that that intent of the physicality. So he, Alan Wynne. Or as as a uh, Razi Erasmus called him Alwyn Jones, Alwyn Jones. Uh, yeah. <laughs> repeatedly called him Alwyn Alwyn Jones. Um, he set the tone, and it, that was like that's a demonstration of leadership. Now, unfortunately, it didn't all, all work out, and certainly towards the end, this, the South African physicality and physicality around the rook just got the better of the Lions. Mm. Completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, <clears throat> I was going to move this conversation on to something else. Oh, no, actually, I will just say one more thing on the game, unless anyone's got anything else to add, which is I don't understand the juxtaposition which is in the press today about how good the game was, but how low the game had sunk in order to get to that point. Uh, Owen Slot was talking about it in the Times, and Owen Slot's a man with impeccable judgment as far as I'm, uh, I'm concerned. But I, I can't get on board with the hand, the hand wringing around last week's events. Personally, I loved it. I, I think you drew a good distinction uh, on the previous podcast, JB, where you said uh, y- you're all for talking smack about your opposition. Just don't mention the referee. And I think just on reflection, looking back at the game, I think Phil's right that they deliberated and deliberated over decisions and then seemed to err on the side of caution. At least they seemed to do that across the board because Mako Vinopola stayed on the pitch. Cheslin Colby didn't get a red card. So at least uh, as we, you could argue that with two twice. Yeah. You could argue there was an element of consistency, but um, we will never know what Ben O'Keefe would have done and how that 
officiating team would have behaved had Razi Erasmus not did what he did. Now, interestingly, this evening, World Rugby have said they are conducting a investigation into the conduct of South Africa and they're looking at their general code of conduct and if that needs to be changed as well. So proceedings have started. Yes. And that's, that is, I, I, I'm, I'm quite glad to, to hear that actually, because I, I, the, the phrase you say there, just don't, don't attack the officials and the way, the way that Razi Rasmus repeatedly over 62 minutes attacked, um, attack Nick, Nick Berry's um, judgment, character, impartiality is just, it's, it's not a good look for the game. And it's, it's also, it's the fact that so he was clearly, clearly questioning his impartiality, but also he was effectively highlighting something that we all know is a problem and risking the game repeatedly and obviously only in one direction. And that's the fact that rugby is a, an incredibly complicated and messy game. If you have, this is something we've said many, many times, but if you freeze framed any rook, maul, or scrum when there are, well, scrum, 16 different players involved, a rook or maul anywhere from, from two up to, to 10 plus, there will be probably multiple infringements from multiple different players. And you can pick and choose which ones you want to see. And, and that is something that is never going to be taken out of the game. Like you're never going to find a, a solution to that. So highlighting it in one direction, the way that Razi Erasmus done it, it's basically questioning the integrity or the, 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 even the ability of the game to be refereed, which makes it such a ludicrous statement to make. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can go with that. And I'll just, I'll just add to that. So uh, doing the talk sports stuff, there's been the media day today. And fair play. What's this? Uh, yeah, and fair play to fair play to Nick Heath. So there was the South African press conference. Nick Heath was was asking the questions for us, and at one point that the the assistant coach Dion, I can't remember his name. Anyway, one of the assistant coaches said, "Oh, we respect the World Rugby process," and because uh, I asked about the sightings and stuff, he said, "Oh, we we respect the World Rugby process, and we're sure they'll come to the right conclusion." Correct response. Uh, but Nick Heath then picked him up on it and said, um, so you're saying you respect the world rugby process, but a few days ago, your director of rugby did an, over an hour. Of questions. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you uh, marry the two things together? And, and he fudged the response completely, just straight batted it and changed the subject and answered a different question. But um, they, uh, there's, there's not, uh, there's not a hint of contrition is what I, I think, I think what I'm saying. Don't apologize. Don't explain. Move on. <laughs> they they will move on into the uh, independent um, disciplinary review that that will be yeah. going on. Um, what you what you can say is it's added massive amounts of edge. You, the, the crowd this weekend, if there had been able to be one, would be fever pitch. Yes, it, it, I mean it does. The the tour has been ludicrous for for so many reasons, but this just adds an extra bit of uh, craziness, insanity to the whole thing. Yeah, um, it, it will be a remarkable last test match. Um, yeah. for, for every, even if the rugby, even if even if no, neither team makes a single meter going forward with ball in hand or passes the ball a single time, it will still be an unbelievable spectacle. Yeah, it will. Um, it will. Can, so, yeah, go on. Can, can we just talk about the two um, Colby? Yeah, go on. Decisions because those were the two the. The Maru um, and the the Mako 
and even the faff, I didn't. I thought the faff was pretty reckless, but I don't. I don't think from the angles I've seen, he. Made I don't think it was head high. Play. No. Yeah, so it, it was a no arms tackle, um, and it, it probably deserved more looking at than it did get, but it probably wasn't a red card offence. So yeah, I'm, agreed. I'm, but the, the two Cheslin Colby ones, both of those. So the the head on head clash with Tom Curry. So one of the things I, I always say is I, I want consistency. I want to look at a. Um, an incident and know immediately because I've seen previous incidents that look like that, what it is, whether it's a penalty, yellow, red, blah, blah, blah. I, what it is, it don't, I, I don't really care. I'd prefer there to be fewer reds, but I, I'm not that fussed. Mm-hmm. Now, that head-on-head incident, in the past, I would have thought that's a rugby rugby incident, to, yep. to use your phrase, Tim. Yeah. There have been four, <laughs> four incidents that I can remember in the Premiership um, where that has been a red card. So there's two with Charlie Ewells. Um, there was one with Matt Banahan and one with Ollie Thorley that, that I can remember. And all of them got consistently treated as a red card because uh, for whatever reason, it's contact with the head, um, bad bad tackle position, all the rest of it. This, this Colby on Tom Curry was the same as those four incidents and it got nothing. And then, and that's probably the less egregious one because I, because kind of in my mind I expect I historically expected that to be a rugby incident but but now I'm like conditioned for it not to be the other one they're taking Conor Murray in the air that is a red card I've seen that I've seen that dozens of times and that is a red card offense he's taken in the air he's not in a realistic position to catch the ball Conor Murray's taken from height lands on his head neck area um it is a red card how you can get to the decision that they got to. And, and Ben O'Keefe's actual words in the del- deliberation to the TMO, who did not um, contest, was that he lands on his back after seeing the slow motion footage half a dozen times. I just cannot get my head around how that is not... How they get it so wrong, how the decision-making process, which is clear and precise in line with the guidelines, can get it so wrong. <laughs> I am I am sympathetic to Cheslin Colby on that one because he was watching the ball the entire time and Conor Murray did kind of jump sideways to catch the ball. That said, I'm not disagreeing with you, I think, but exactly as you say, if you'd shown that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, if you'd shown that, you might have gone, oh, I might be a pen. Might be, yeah, and yeah. then might be, a yellow, might be a yellow card. Oh, he was looking at the ball. That's okay. But um, in, in terms of consistency and in terms of how it, appears in the context of all other decisions that are like it. It is a no-brainer red card. Yeah, and I don't actually think... <laughs> even if you could have given Chesley and Colby two red cards, I don't think it changes the, the outcome of this game. No, South, I agree. South, South Africa still win this game because of how well they shut the lines down, how well they played, um, how how um, brilliantly they took their two tries, actually, which we've not talked about and not enough talk um, anywhere has been given to how sensationally finished how how they identified the space um on those two um kicks yeah. kicks through crossfield kick and, and kick through and yeah. executed perfectly south africa deserve all the credit and they would have won regardless of um Chesney colby having two red cards um but it's it's just frustrating because you world rugby talk about um like consistency and having the the approach um 
even like even if you ignore the play welfare side of things, which which obviously is important, um, but just the consistent approach so people understand what is going on from a decision making position, to to have those two decisions basically ignore the history, ignore the the guidelines is just galling. I mean, if if that was the the benchmark now, I actually wouldn't be unhappy. But if, yeah, I, I'm kind of easy. Set set the benchmark however you want to set the benchmark. Yeah. Just just from from my perspective, watching the game, I just want consistency. If, yeah. if, if those are if if that is how it's going to be dealt with, it, um, well, nothing and a and a yellow card. Fine, I guess I'd, I'd probably disagree with it, but then I'd, I'd just right. So every time that happens, I know, I know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, very frustrating from my side. So there's there's two team announcements tomorrow at midday. South Africa are well, they have Dwayne Vermaelen available. I, I think they're going to chuck him straight in. I would, I would, I I think that I think they will as well, especially because it's gone they, Well, so they. They might be losing uh, Peter Steff to Toy as well, and potentially Faf to Clerk. Yes. Tell you what? Any back row with Peter Steff to Toy and and the even though he's advancing in age, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, it's terrifying, isn't it? Those two, aren't they? And it, the way that Moss, because Moster played twenty plus minutes in the back row, didn't he? Yeah, I think he's amazing, Moster. I really think he's amazing. Yeah, he's class. But having someone like him, because he is, he's, um, well, in in weight terms, he's more similar to uh, Itilji or Laws than yeah. he is to um, to Etzebeth or Lude. But having someone with his ability and then being able to bring Lude off the bench is just outrageous. Wait, 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 wait. How about you do this, right? Oh, no, because Khaleesi's the captain, so he's got to play. Khaleesi has to play, yeah. Going to go Lud and Etzebeth with Mothstar in the back row with the other two. Oh. Well, if they can't play, if they can't play Peter Steph to Toy, they may well start like that. They could do. Yeah, uh, Dan Dupree has been recalled to the squad. Mm. He's brutal. Yep. He, he, do you know what? This is the sort of game that would suit a Dupree, a Dupree brother. Uh, I really think it is. There's no passing involved. There's no. Um, <laughs> there's very little catching. And you just need someone to monster them. Then this would be perfect for John, John Dupree <laughs> or Dan Dupree. Yeah, get both of them in there. So I, do, I don't, I don't expect them to. I don't, I don't expect South Africa to change. Aside from Vermeulen, I don't expect them to change anything unless they have to. But they have options in the positions if they have to change them. The Lions, there's a lot of debate that there might be quite a lot of changes. I yeah, don't think they, there. I don't think there will be. But what would you do? Duan can go. Everyone else stays the same. I I could get on board with that. Um, I think I think Win Jones, if he's fit, will come in. Yeah, Rory Sutherland. I think Rory Sutherland and Ken Owens are going to get dropped. Mm, Ken Owens was was good in the the second half of the first test. Yeah, he was not good when he came on at the weekend by his no. high standards, and the scrum got absolutely the scrum got battered and the line out messed up in the second half. Yeah. Now I, I'm I'm probably with Jay. I wouldn't change. I I definitely would not have Duan. I I know I bang on about this every week, but he's he is so good in one dimension. He's just terrible at everything else because he's never had to be good at anything else. Yeah, um, he is so good, such an explosive, strong, fast runner. 
but then it's just a liability in every other dimension <laughs> that, but, that you couldn't boy, use. I don't think it's terrible though. Um, my battery is down to five percent, and I'm without a charger. Tell us, tell us what you do. Uh, tell us, tell us who you change. Do one, and that's it. And I put do one on the bench. But if do one starts, I'm, I'm not overly bothered. Okay, I'd, I'd go Josh Adams and Liam Williams into the back three. I don't think Stuart Hogg's been playing well. He was bad on. He was bad under the high ball, yeah. and and. Uh, and Iron do so. I'd take out him and him. I'd take out Chris Harris, and I'd have Owen Farrell in the centre potentially. I yeah, might even yeah. I might even think about Farrell at ten, but actually, no, I'm going to go Farrell at twelve. So I'm taking out three Scots, and I'm dropping Rory Sutherland from the bench. Oh, so sorry, <laughs> sorry, Scotland. Win Jones, Win Jones comes in, and I'd probably flip uh, Laws and Tyg Burn. I love Courtney Laws, and I want him there, but I think the the extra little bit of X factor. If you need a big turnover that could win you three points or you need someone that can offload someone else into a little bit of space where a tiny bit of space exists, I think Tyg Byrne can do that. So the yeah. only real things I'd question, I think I'd be fine if that is the team, the only thing I'd question is the Hog decision, because Hog didn't have a good game, but doing the performance temporary classes permanently, he's done enough to suggest that he could come back in the third test and have a storm. Yeah, and I... I, I, I would agree with that. I, I probably would keep Hog... I'd put Liam Williams in there. Yeah, do okay. Well. Okay. Um, the the big thing for me though would be, um, the it's not necessarily the personnel; it's the way that they're playing, and it's that it's that um, intent to speed up the game, intent to to play. Like one of the very very few times where they uh, tried going wide from set piece, they got some good change, um, some lovely hands with with bigger Henshaw, um, Chris Harris. And then it, it did actually um, stop a little bit on, on Stuart Hogg because of the rush, South African rush defence. But that, that's what I do. I'd want to keep the ball in hand a bit more. Uh, KBA um, and up the tempo, 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 and make South Africa move, move them around the park. Don't just allow them to play the game that they want to play. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mm. Um, before I go, anyone notice the um, anyone notice that we've lost an, an international coach from uh, rugby? Someone's been fired. Uh, no, who's that? Jamie Cudmore got fired. Oh, I, so I saw this. I've not followed the story. What Quickly, before this? before your phone dies, tell us, Jay. <laughs> so uh, Jamie Cudmore got fired because he tweeted. Um, you can't decolonize ninth <laughs> when the um, ladies' sevens team finished ninth in, 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 
uh, in the Olympics, which is ill-considered, uh, and that got him fired. I don't understand. I don't. I'm sorry. You have to forgive. You're going to have to explain this to me. You can't decolonize night. I don't get it. Yeah. What, what? So prior to the Olympics, there's been some furore around the, the, um, the women's game in Canada. Don't quite understand exactly what's gone on, but there's um, accusations against the old coach, and I don't know if those have been resolved yet. Also, you know, the women's team hasn't had enough support because they're based all around Canada. Canada's a big country. And there's also other things like um, they're talking about decolonization of this and the other. So, you know, <laughs> they seem to have put lots of different threads. If it's just one thing, you're like, oh, right, that needs to be sorted. Uh, but, you know, so anyway, Jamie Cudmore, uh, when they came ninth, said, uh, well, it looks like you can't decolonize ninth. And anyway, he lost his job there. There's three ways to punish someone in our, in our system. You, you you lock them up, you find them, you, like, you take their property off them, or you prevent them from working. And it's such a serious thing. People sort of forget this. They think it's just so casual now. We treat it with, you know, such, uh, like, it's, like, it's just so, so, so trivial. And it just shows that, you know, it doesn't really matter who you are, what you do, how valuable your experience is. If you don't hold the exact opinions which uh, other people want you to hold, you will go. Unless you're the president of the ca- of Canada, and then you can multiple times do blackface and uh, no bother. Oh, yeah, but that's okay because he's a good guy, right? And it's so sinister. So uh, obviously your political stance is more important than your uh, rugby knowledge in Canada. But here's the, here's the hilarious thing. Uh, the ladies released a statement after this, saying that they were really proud about what the team has developed into and, and, and become. Well, they shouldn't be because they finished ninth. The measure of success should be uh, what well, effort is part of it. Did you do all that you could do? Did you push yourself to the limits of your own ability? And if you did and that's ninth, then you can feel happy about that. I'm not saying you should necessarily be lauded because that's not the point of the Olympics. Yeah. I don't think it's wise to be praising people who are not doing particularly well in sports as heroes in sport. They're there to win. Mm. Um, did, he, did he really see any of the sevens? Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah, some good, some good stuff. Boys, I'm gonna have to shoot. I'm on one percent battery. All okay. right, <laughs> in a bit, Jay. Bye bye, <laughs> bye Jay. Yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it actually. It was good. I watched. I, I like the weightlifting. That's on at the minute, and the gymnastics stuff is cool. Did you see uh, Lee Wen Wen? Yes, she was called. Who won? Yes, the women's weightlifting. Women's uh, women's eighty-seven kg plus weight. Hundred and eighty kg clean and jerk. Did you see how much she weighed? No. So I, I, I obviously looked this up. So so she is... Um, oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Well, so how I'll, tall so is she? So she's five foot ten. Oh, yeah. Oh, she, okay. She's tall. Oh, my God. Well, uh, okay. I will go 115 kgs then. 115. So, so I'll give you a comparison. So a um, tight head prop, Taniela Tupu, uh, who is also five foot ten. He weighs 135 kgs, and he is enormous. He is absolutely enormous. One of the, one of the biggest um, tight head props in in the international game. Uh, Lee Wen Wen is five foot ten and listed as 150 kg, so two stone heavier than Taniela Tupu. That is remarkable. <laughs> Wow. And that, that that's probably a very accurate weight because they have to be weighed in for weight classes and categories and stuff. They'll have to have been officially weighed in before competition. Yeah. 
Now, now that is, admittedly, that is from her Wikipedia page. Um, okay. But um, nevertheless, that's fine. It, it, wow. It is, and she was, she was incredible. I mean, she destroyed the field, absolutely destroyed the field with incredible explosive power uh, and form. It was remarkable to watch. Um, but yeah, just, she could be packing down uh, tighted for Australia <laughs> based on that. Well, if China want a, an anchor for a scrum, oh, because she could do some serious damage. They could do, I mean, China could take the women's game back to the men's game circa 2005. Yeah. If they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> when it was just all Absolutely. about the tight head prop destroying people. Yes. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Come on, China. I, I love that. And then we're now getting into athletics, which I um, I do really enjoy. I, oh, I, I know. I, for, for whatever reason, I can't get as on board with with swimming. Um, well, I, I I mean, people, that guy, what was his name? The guy that's won all the medals, Adam Peaty. Yeah, and he's the most. Uh, he's got his had the most medals of any British athlete in Olympic games. Which I kind of go, oh no, it's not Adam Peaty. It's the other one that's got now got six medals in total through, from relays and different distances oh, and over. Okay. Anyway, whatever his name is, and there's a bit where they were, they were saying that, and I was going. Yeah, obviously he's an incredible swimmer, but if you're really good at 200 meters backstroke or whatever it is, you're probably quite good at 100 meter backstroke, and you pro- <laughs> and you can also take part in a relay. So, am I as impressed with that as Chris Hoy over multiple Olympics and Steve Redgrave over five consecutive Olympics in one event? Yeah, the Redgrave and, and Hoy is just. And they are such brutal sports as well in terms yeah. of like you have to push your body to the apps. I mean, in all of these, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Oh, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He's yeah. amazing. But but trying to sort of go, oh, he's had two. I, I just, yeah, for that reason, I'm slightly cynical of uh, the swimming in the sense that like someone having seven gold medals, like when Phelps or what Ian Thorpe or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's, I mean, incredibly impressive and they're amazing. But it's, no, no, no. When you've done three Olympics in a row, then you can start to compare yourself with Hoy or Redgrave or Pinson or whatever, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm done with that. Definitely, Redgrave. <laughs> the, the footage of them going like Redgrave going for his his final one is just it's unbelievable. Oh, that documentary! It's on YouTube actually. Going for gold. It's um yeah, yeah he 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 passes out on a rowing machine. He's self medicating uh, diabetic whilst. Yeah in the most brutal endurance sport uh, in the Olympics. Well, yeah. one of the most enjo- uh, brutal endurance sports. Um, just returning to the rugby. So wh- where are we at? We, we Wynne Jones would come into the squad, either starting or on the bench at Loosehead. Yeah. Possibly Ken Owens for Jamie George on the bench might get swapped. Yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. And it, that would actually play a bit more into what I want, which is more ball in playtime, more movement of the ball. Yeah. yeah. KBA um, keep keep South Africa moving around rather uh, than this this um, game that they tried to play. If Kyle Sinclair pleads guilty or is found guilty, then uh, I think Tiger Furlong might have to play do a seventy minute shift at tight head prop because yeah. I th- I think Xander Fagerson is a big drop off. Yeah, Xander Fagerson is talented, but he's not yet at the level that that um, that uh, uh, Furlong is. Yeah. So it's oh yeah, go on. Did you notice so early on in the game when uh, it was actually when Duan Van der Merwe put in the the um, 
tip tackle, arguable tip tackle on uh, Peter Stefter Toy in the corner. I'd say late tackle, not tip tackle, because it wasn't a tip tackle. He, yeah, he, land, he landed flat. Yeah, it's been called a tip tackle, but yeah, it, it, I, I don't think it was a, really an issue, that, that tackle. Um, did you notice who was one of um, two or three players making, because the ball then went out to Cheson Colby, and one of the players making the tackle on Cheson Colby in the corner was Ty Furlong, who'd got all the way, no way. out there. So he's, Fair play. He, he struggled in a couple of scrums, but he's he's such a good player. Yeah, he's such a such an engine for 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 such a big boy. Yeah, I think the pack will probably stay like pretty much the same. Maybe like I say, burn for laws to potentially. Well, that's what I would do anyway. I'm not. I, I don't know what Warren Gatlin would yeah. do. I mean, he has got the option to freshen up the team a little bit in a few positions by by doing something like that, um, where the oh. cost is not enormous. Yeah, in terms of freshening up the team, I, I don't think it will be necessary in terms of physical and stuff. So I, I spoke to Jamie Roberts today on the mm. the Lions Daily Show, and he said, because I said, you know what it's like to, to win a first test. In 2013, the Lions won the first test, mm. could have wrapped up the series, but lost the second test. I said, how did you feel on that Monday morning? Uh, you know, I was trying to go, today, how will the players be feeling? And he went, well, I remember that Monday morning. I, I uh, How I felt was hungover. Um, <laughs> Warren Gatland said to them on the Saturday this is in 2013 Warren Gatland said to them after they lost the second test I'll see you on Wednesday boys really? yeah wow that he, is... gave, he gave them four days off I, well I three like three it. and a half yeah, days off I, I quite like it because you're not gonna it's one of these things where like you can only absorb so much coaching in any given period of time or so much fitness and Past a point, it will just be um, like lower diminishing returns, or, or even actually have be counterproductive. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do now. Whether they have several days, whether they have one, two, three, four days off uh, before performing again, and then go, turning up knowing you have to perform again. Yeah, one more shot at this. And that was kind of Jamie Roberts's point. He said that they're emotionally going to have to get into they're going to have to emotionally peak and that will be possibly where the game is won and lost is if, if the, if the mindset is in, is in the right place. Um, because you've got to, as we've seen from the last two weekends, you've got to win that physical battle when you play in South Africa first and foremost, and then do the rest of the stuff off it. But he said, if you, if you spend too much, if you do too, if you let your mind wander there too early in the week, you'll just, you'll be, you'll be mentally exhausted and not in the right place so just yeah I, I, he seemed to think they'll just be chilling out right now they'll just be hanging out playing golf walking around sitting by the pool whatever playing some call of duty making some yeah. flat whites <laughs> for the boys <laughs> exactly but we'll see uh, i think the back lines where potential changes could be so if you wanted to speed it up do you go ali price back at nine um i think either of them can do it probably ali price is is slightly better because he offers that running threat to keep the the uh, defensive line a bit more honest. Mm. Um, I probably would bring in, as you mentioned before, I'd probably push Henshaw to 13 and bring in Faz as as a 12 just yeah. to get that, that second that second playmaker. Yeah, and I think it, it would be easy to go, oh, Bigger only passed three times. He, you know, he needs to go if they want to play differently. But the fact he only passed three times, uh, I mean, he plays club, club rugby for Northampton where... <laughs> they, they let the boys play. He can do that. It's just clearly that wasn't what they set out to do. Correct. Yeah. 
all of these boys can play whatever strategy you want. It's just the, the strategy. Um, and easy, easy with hindsight, um, had Gatlin won, we would have been calling him a genius. Um, yeah. And we would have been calling Razi Erasmus um, a clown. totally out of touch yeah. and, and a clown. Um, the Victor Wright history. So Bigger can play however you want him to play. He just shouldn't be playing the same way as he did last time um, in another test match like that against South Africa. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see what the teams are and then uh, we'll go from there, mate. Right. What, what are you going to, what, what are you doing on your time in Wales? A uh, bit of walking. Um, hopefully a cycle tomorrow. Um, Children in papooses and on bike seats or what? Or is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've not taken the um, Thomas's bike seat. So I'll be hopefully getting an hour to myself on the bike at some point oh, tomorrow. Nice. Um, but yeah, t- t- carrying carrying two children around uh, all over North Wales. Lovely job. <laughs> is, yeah, trying to keep <laughs> them alive for a week, basically. <laughs> right, nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. I will see you later. In a bit. And then there was one, uh, just for me to say thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find us patreon.com slash eggchasers, and we h- humbly... Uh, appreciate the support which allowed us to get some proper sound engineering and stuff on the live show we did last weekend and more of those going to be coming soon we'll have a Q&A podcast very soon and another shirt giveaway for patrons as well so uh, get your questions and stuff in email contacteggchasers at gmail.com uh, you can find us at rugby podcast on twitter and let the boys play planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.